0: Hi, Hello. this this is What Do, the serious business podcast for serious business people. I'm Tom McCoy, your top artist, or at least one of them. With me today is a true American hero, can uh, park wherever he wants, gets free movie tickets, and just all around great guy, David Rutsky. Hey, thanks. I get free movie tickets? When did that start? At at participating theaters. You've never been, you never asked for like a veterans uh, discount thing?
1: I'm not very good about that. Oh, what's I'm the a, point then? I'm a terrible veteran. Ah, I only get my Lowe's discount because I uh, spend so much money at Lowe's. Do you have a vanity plate? Nope. No? Oh. No. If I did, it would probably be a Jaguars plate because, well, I'm a Jaguars fan. Okay.
0: So <laughs> you're an army. You were in the army. You're a soldier. Yeah. How far did you get? Like, what? What's your rank?
1: Uh, I got all the way up to corporal, and then demoted or laterally reassigned back to specialist at one point. Was your KD too bad? Uh yeah, that's Was exactly. No. No, I I told uh I told an officer to go fuck himself. Oh, nice. Is that, <laughs> is that a story you have clearance to tell? Uh yeah, so basically I flew UAVs. Um I had a officer had us chase a dog for a couple hours. And then he wanted to send out a QRF, a quick reaction force to go, because he kept saying, no, no, it's a terrorist with a gun crawling around on all fours. That's not a tail. That's the barrel of his rifle on his back. So he sent out QRF. Then then when they found it was a dog, he screamed at me and told me, how dare you send out QRF? You put lives at risk in the middle of a big group, a big area called the Talk, a tactical operation center, and I, for lack of uh, more words, just told him to go fuck himself, and uh, asked to, and then I called up my commanders and asked them to uh, assign me under anybody but this douchebag. I was actually being demoted while my first sergeant was asking me to go to the promotion board to become a sergeant. They're very easily offended, aren't they? Uh, Yeah, you can't, you're not supposed to tell an officer to go fuck himself when you're uh, an enlisted person. That's a, uh, that, that's that's one of those rules that they have in the Army. I'm sure there's a regulation specifically stating that somewhere. Insubordination. <laughs>
0: yeah. You, you can pull that out I'm, of your ass at any time if you just don't like someone under you, can't you?
1: Uh, it's, a li- it's a little bit more than that, but I, it, it took. A, I, I I deserved it. I I actually should have been. I should have been demoted further for what I did. But luckily, I had a good reputation. <laughs> yeah, worth it. Sounds it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, are you a racist like Adam Driver? Did you join after
1: 9/11? I am. Yes. I joined. I joined after 9/11. I wanted money for college, and I wanted everyone to call me a hero and give me front parking at Lowe's. So. I mean the, those are the only real reasons to join. Sounds it like, but uh what what's basic like? I mean it it sucks. Um I mean I was in I was in the middle of South Carolina in the summer so being from Florida it wasn't miserable but it's pretty dang bad. It is hot, you're outside all the time. Mm. Um I mean for the most part you just got to realize with everything else you're playing a game. Like the drill sergeants are never going to be your friends. They're never gonna like you. You're never gonna do enough to appease them. Just sit there and get yelled at. Like, just know that you're just gonna get yelled at. Hmm. And don't try to be better than the than the drill sergeants.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say game, because every veteran I've ever liked has always referred to training and their experience in general in the army as a game. Because
1: Yeah. I mean, I have an outside the army experience where I did a group interview and part of the group interview is you had to, they brought in an actor and you had to convince this person to come in and work in the weekend. But when you walk into the room, they go, well, you are allotted 30 minutes of time to this activity. You have 10 minutes of planning, then 20 minutes of talking to the person. So automatically in your mind, you think, well, I'm just going to, there's nothing I'm ever going to say to this person that's going to have them come in. They just want to make sure that you don't just blow up and go, fuck you, fuck off. Just fucking come in or I'll choke slam your ass. That's all they're looking for. And basic training. It's the exact same thing. Like they're just, they're going to push you. You're going to be exhausted. And you just have to realize basically 90% of you are going to graduate unless you're a complete shit bag.
0: Hmm. And they really, I feel like they kind of, I don't want to say they have low standards. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be the one to say that, but I took the I took the asfab myself because I was exploring yeah. jobs in college and I wanted to be like maybe if I could be a truck driver on like a base or something. And yeah. it was uh, oh, I was outstanding. You can do whatever you like. Just tr- I'm like eh, I don't know. Did I? I always sucked at math, like discrete yeah. math. Did, yeah, did no, they tell you outstanding too?
1: Yeah, actually, I took it. Let's see here. I took it in my 10th grade year, I think. And I did it because I could skip physics class if I took this test and it cost me nothing. I got to skip like physics and English and I hated those classes. So I was like, hell yeah, a test that doesn't matter. Cause I had no, I had no plans of joining at that time. You know, I I was a skater kid who liked punk rock and I was like, yeah, fuck the military, fuck the army. Um, So I was like, Oh, I'll just skip. So literally all I did, it was like a four hour test, three or four hours. I remember just blazing through each section and then putting my head down so I could go to sleep. And I still got something like an 85%. And it's like, dude, I barely read the questions. Like.
0: It sounds like you were already in the military. Just get your stuff done and take a nap. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Is that like is that what life on base is because like i've heard several accounts the most busy i've heard uh people in the army be is like people like dor techs
1: who have to be yeah it it depends on your job so and where you are so if you are like a admin person you're in garrison so like back in the united states a normal base you're probably busy you know it's probably a nine to five you come in you fill out your stupid paperwork and you go home but if you have a job where you know you're a you know you're an infantry man or you're fly uavs or something then it's kind of like when you're in garrison that sucks man like Mm. we we did have some flight time in the states but nothing compared to like the operations when we were deployed so it's kind of like yeah we'll do like a couple hours worth of flight time today then then the sergeants will fuck with you for a few hours and you'll go home Hmm. i've heard that uav uh
0: Pilots have it the worst. Like you have to sit in a tank of farts for like sixteen hours straight.
1: Is that about uh, Yeah, we did twelve on and twelve off. Um, and there are flight regulations because at least when I was in, even being enlisted, you are still considered av. You're still considered a pilot. So I remember at one point some bullshit happened on one of the bases I was on, and they woke everybody up in the middle of the night. So they w- they woke up the other shift because I was worked overnight. Um, And they woke up the other shift and then they didn't have UAV coverage for like six hours because they came in, they said, they have to have eight hours uninterrupted of sleep or else they can't fly. And you woke them up and they didn't have eight hours or they, it was a couple hours, probably two or three hours, but they didn't have their eight hours. So they had like, we had to stay an hour late. Then there was a two hour gap in coverage and then they came in over a, a few hours of sleep? Yeah. Huh. Because they got their 8 hours of uninterrupted sleep because you know, when you're a pilot, you can't be drowsy. You you know, you're not you're not going to veer off and hit a tree and have an airbag deploy. You're going to crash that thing into a into the ground and who the hell knows what's below you. And these were armed drones, yes. Uh these were not armed drones. Okay. We we had to call for fire. So what uh where were you deployed? It was Iraq, yeah. I was deployed to Iraq. I spent a year in Korea as well. Ooh. I was actually technically deployed to Guam for a month too. That's where a lot <laughs> of army comes from, Guam, yeah. Uh, I think mostly Air Force. But when I was in Korea, it's too damn cold to fly in the middle of the winter. So they worked it out where uh, they were gonna they sent us to Guam for a month in the middle of January. So all my buddies back in Korea were telling me. Yeah, man, we got like four and a half inches of snow. We had to shovel duh, 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 and all this other bullshit. And they're like, what about you? I was like, we're in Guam. It's 85 degrees. After work, I went and sat on the goddamn beach and hung out. Like,
2: <laughs> thank it you was, for your it sacrifice. Was a
1: delight. Yeah, exactly. It was a delight. Except for my commanders told us we weren't allowed to drink. But if we were on our best behavior next year, they would allow us to drink when we went to Guam. Well, the problem is Korea is a one-year is a one-year station. So next year, nobody who was there this year would be there next year. (laughs) Wait, so (laughs) each region has its own length of. Um, Well, it depends. Korea was considered a hardship tour, not a deployment. So you go to Korea, you can't bring where we were. You couldn't bring your family. So if you were married, I wasn't at the time, you can't bring your family Everybody lives in the barracks together, which they're just separated apartments, basically. Um, sergeants get slightly bigger rooms to themselves, and puny enlisted normal guys have to share a room. Did you ever do like joint ups with like other uh, countries' militaries? Yes, I actually did. I spent uh, two weeks with uh, Cor- with the Korean Army, working with them on a uh, field exercise. They hot. That they're all dudes. They hot? Yeah. I mean, I'm not into, I'm not into Korean dudes. All right, fair. Military service is compulsory over there for two years. Mm-hmm. So they're all just scrawny little 18 year old dudes, and I'm sure I was a scrawny little 18 year old dude myself. But yeah, I mean that's just their 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 barracks were shit compared to what we had. But like yeah, it's, Matt. Mass room share type of thing. Their bathroom is 100% tiled all around. And like, it's just filled with sinks. And the sinks have like a just one of those detachable shower heads on it. So you brush your teeth and then you shower off right there at the sink.
0: And there's just oh. a line of sinks. Yeah, that's probably one of the most challenging things I consider with the military. The idea that you have 15 minutes in the
1: morning to shit shower and shave. That, Does that take practice? Like that, that that really depends. I mean, there's a lot of rule bending that people do and basic training is really kind of learning how to get away with shit and work together to get get away with shit. So basically, like lights out, they have a fire guard and every everyone takes an hour, two hours, and you have to sit you and one other person have to sit awake and make sure the barracks don't catch on fire. And you're technically supposed to tattle on people because they only have, like, one drill sergeant who spends the night, and he's downstairs somewhere. So you're technically supposed to go tattle. So, you know, you think of full metal jacket he's walking through when he sees Pyle shoot himself in the face. That's that's a fire watch or a fire guard or whatever the hell they call it now. And, uh, yeah, I mean – the first shift of fire guard everyone would go to bed the drill sergeant w- would walk out and half the people would go take a shower so they didn't have the shower in the morning oh and then the last one like you would tell you'd find out who's on last fire guard and be like hey man you know wake me up at you know half an hour early because i w- i want to take a big old dump and then i want to take a shower hmm. yeah and do they is your like diet sort of tailored around shitting strategically uh i never really did a typical 18 year old dude i mean you i could shit, i could shit on command or not shit on command i mean you're That's young and healthy at that point
0: yeah but like the prompts can come up at any moment it's like yeah i could shit now so should i
1: yeah i mean you you don't they don't restrict you from crapping or pissing throughout the rest of the day i mean if you're in the middle of something they're, they're gonna be pissed off but like if you're doing something else, like, hey, you know, I'm sitting waiting for my time at the range. Hey, drill sergeant, can I go take a shit? It's Like, yeah, go for it. And it's not kindergarten. They're not unreasonable people either. They're just, they're expected to be assholes too. So is it, it's not a personality
0: thing. It's more of a LARP thing that they're assholes?
1: A little bit. I mean, I'm sure some of them are just straight up assholes, but like, um, I went to a long AIT advanced training where you still have drill sergeants and like at some point in time, you and the drill sergeants just become buddies because you're there for six months and like you phase up and by the third phase or whatever, you're, you're basic army dude. You're just, uh, you're, you're basically in the army at that point. Your drill sergeant's not sitting there fucking with you 24 seven. It's like, you're just like, Hey, Hey, drill sergeant. Um, I got to go take care of my car. You mind if I cut out early today? And they're like, yeah, no problem. It becomes like normal job. Hmm. Yeah. So when did you say around six months that that starts? Um, That's if you have a long training. Like if you're an infantry guy, a lot of them, they do like, they do their nine weeks of basic training. And then they, and then like, they wake up one morning and drill sergeants go, congratulations you graduated basic training now you're in infantry school for the next six to eight weeks and it's the exact same thing again Hmm. like you just keep they just keep going is what they told me but when you have like an advanced thing and they have to train you like i went from south carolina all the way out to arizona and then i was in arizona for six or eight months doing the training there to learn how to fly uavs so you you chose uavs i did it was kind of Kind of like what you said when I when I went into the when I went into the um, recruiter's office and decided you know army was for me. They had 212 jobs at the at that time. He whips out the list of 212 jobs and he crosses out two of them, and he goes pick the pick from the rest. He's like you just don't have. He's like you're missing the ASFAB score for these two for these two jobs, and that's it. He's Do you like, know what you the jobs re- were? Uh, I think one was like nuclear tech and the other one I think was, uh, it might've been language or something. I don't remember. I was off by like a point and he's like, yeah, you took the fab a while ago. You want to take it again? I was like, hell no. I don't want either one of those jobs. <laughs> I was, I was wanted to be counter Intel, but they were like, ah, oh, they were out at like counter Intel was filled and I couldn't sign up at the time I wanted to. So then it was like, well, UAV sounds pretty fucking cool. Let me do that. And so uh, coming back, I I think I kind of
0: get the idea of PTSD or not even PTSD, like uh, just the problems people like
1: veterans have. Yeah. because I get get it, and everyone has a different varying degree of it, I believe, Mm -hmm. because I also worked with the Wounded Warrior for a couple of years as a volunteer, Um, and I saw a lot of guys who were messed up and it does kind of come down to your mentality. Like, Mm -hmm. um, right now I work at, I work as a biomedical engineer and I can open up my email and see a picture of a guy's face pulled open and I can sit there and eat my breakfast and go, okay, cool. And it doesn't affect me. Whereas other people may look at that same picture and start puking their guts out. Hmm. Um, it's just a mentality thing. So for me, It it for me it took a little there was a little PTSD type of stuff, you know, just the minor stuff. Like I wasn't freaked out by fireworks, but you do get that little twinge in your butthole for a couple of years of like you hear you hear a firework go off or something hits real hard next to you and it sounds like a mortar hitting, there's a little twinge like, Oh, oh then you realize after a couple of years, you know, some people get over it, some people don't. It's just I don't know how to I don't really know how to explain it very well, but it's yeah, but, just you're, you're conditioned to think about it and unconditioning yeah. that is tough.
0: Yeah, but I was thinking more like the general anxiety of coming back
1: and just what now? Oh yes. Like some of this... that some of that is weird because I did when I got back from deployment, I got back from deployment and I was out of the army within like three or four months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was like I was I was my contract was over and I just I got out. So it went from like war to civilian life. And it was just like, whew. but yeah, there were, you know, the little things I always remembered was reaching under the table after, after eating dinner, reaching under the table to pick up my rifle. And then being like, Oh, it's not there. And having a moment of, Oh fuck, I lost my rifle. And then going, Oh wait, I've been out of the army for three months.
0: <laughs> and- Like, the loss of camaraderie, too, I feel like is a common thread with, like, a lot of VA,
1: like, patients. Yeah, I I see it both ways on that one, especially working with the Wounded Warrior when I did. Um, I kind of see, yeah, you you lose the brotherhood. You've all been in this crap together. And if you're not great at making friends, maybe maybe that sucks. Um, But also working with the VA, or sorry, not the VA, uh, the Wounded Warrior Project like I did um i saw a lot of feed off of that negative energy too like they would trade their war stories all day forcing them to relive their war stories forcing them to relive that memory and make it fresh in their mind whereas i pretty much just pulled directly away from everybody in the military when i got out like i i have almost no veteran friends nowadays and the ones i have i rarely see and it's not anything against them it's just I don't think about that that way anymore. It's almost like encouraging
0: people in CrossFit to talk about how they're in CrossFit with everyone. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you're always, you're always on, you're always thinking about that and you never get that chance to separate it and get that long separation in your mind where the memory is now a little fuzzier because isn't there like a psychology thing where it's like, you don't actually remember the event. You remember the last time you remember the event, and that's why memories get fuzzy. Hmm. There's a weird theory like that. But either way, you know how to – the longer it goes, the fuzzier your memory gets, and the more you think about it. So you know, if you think the same thing every morning, you're going to remember that. If you don't think about it for six months, you go, oh, what was that thing? I can't remember that name anymore, that event or that thing that happened. It's a myelination I think the term is where it's ah, like
0: okay. you're building pathways in the brain.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't join veteran societies in college. I did go into the VFW once to see if I wanted to join it when I got out, thinking, oh, come on, Rottery, going to be a bunch of young dudes like me all of a sudden in this. It's not. It's a bunch of old dudes in a depressing bar, and I was like, well, not my, not my scene. Did it help you get laid in college? I was married when I was in college. Oh. So, I mean – I was getting the same amount of Laid that I always got. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I'd milk that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, it's for. I tell a lot of veterans, like, if you want to get over PTSD, get away from people who are going to force you to relive your PTSD. Hmm. Like, I didn't own guns for several years after getting out of the military because I didn't want to think about it. Like, I didn't want that in my life for a little while. And now I own guns again, but... I got away from all of it and it just kind of made life easier. What do you think of stolen valor people? They're fun, right? They're fun. I mean, I, I get it. I'm not one of these guys who wants to hang them. Um, It's a little douchey. It's the same thing of a guy who, you know, failed out of medical school his first year claiming that he was a doctor. Mm. You know, I do, I do enjoy some Stolen Valor people because I make fun of them and it's entertaining. Uh, I do remember going to a bar when my wife and I moved up here together and some dude, a friend of a friend, didn't realize that we were married and kept hitting on my wife all night and kept buying her drinks. And I was like, hey, free drinks for her. Like, awesome. Apparently, he told her a story that, like, he was going to join the Navy to become a SEAL, uh, which – you really can't do you join the navy and then you get qualified to you go to qualification for seal later as far as That's, i understand yeah. it there there's some weird pathways that you can do but then he said he got a psych eval before he because he was going to be a navy sniper a navy seal sniper and he got a psych eval and they asked him would you kill your mother if she was trying to kill the president and he didn't hesitate and he said yes and they said he was too psychotic and I just remember laughing, like, that's not a, that's not a thing. Like, that's it's always not. sniper. What's with it's the romanticization fantasization of snipers with these weirdos? You know what's really funny? My best friend growing up, who's still a very close friend of mine, joined the Army, went special forces, and he's, he's a fantastic shot, always has been. Like, shooting BB guns as a kid, I remember from, like, 100 yards, he shot a bottle cap off the top of a glass bottle with a BB gun from 100 yards which is a pretty damn good shot i was like damn okay and he wanted to be a sniper and when he got in and went to special forces training like afterwards he was like i don't want to be a sniper that job sucks because mm. you sit he's like a sniper does nothing but sit for days waiting for a target they're mostly surveillance and hopefully they get to take a shot at some point and then th- then they leave but you're there for days it blows He's like, I want to be on the assault team. And he was going through his training log and talking about everything that he was trying to do. And he's like, well, if I go to Halo, they're going to try to force me into Sniper. But if I go to Scuba first, they're going going to shift me into the assault team. So I'm going to get Scuba training first. So
0: it's literally like a skill tree in a video game where you just look down the path.
1: Yeah, it's funny. He says, I mean, again, this is just third-hand knowledge now, or he just says – in his in his unit he could open up a book they had like a whole book of training and he could just go through and point and go that training is what i want to do today and they would send him off to that and he you know they'd get the approval and in a couple days he'd be off to whatever doing whatever weird training he wanted holy shit that's cool yeah i mean they want you to be trained you're you're technically you're you're supposed to be overly trained you're you're special forces you need to know this stuff I've asked him some questions about weird things like, Hey, have you ever had to take like a weird defensive driving course to learn how to do like a high speed? He's like, No, he's like, That's not really a thing. Like, you're thinking about like James Bond driving on like a rooftop. He's like, We don't really get things like that. Like, that's no, he has told me, Yeah, he has told me, like, there's trainings that he's not even allowed to tell me what the training entails or the name of the training. He's like, Yeah, that's actually classified stuff and I was like oh that's interesting like hmm. the name of the training and what it entails is actually classified I got to tell you I I was accidentally
0: a stolen valor <laughs> at, at least a few times because I played a soldier on TV oh and geez. so I it was called vet speak and I played <laughs> uh get it it's a contraction you understand of, of vets speak Oh, clever! I get it. So I played a, an O.R.T. based off a real guy named Michael Anthony, wrote a memoir called uh, Mass Casualties. Okay. And so I would be seen, like, in costume, and I was wearing, like, army fatigues. <laughs> and I guess some people around saw that. And I also had a backpack that was from a surplus store. I still have it. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, because it's, yeah, it's it holds a lot. It's sl- fairly durable. So yeah. people would drive by saying thank you for your service. I'd get free drinks. Uh, I got a free drink at a bar where I that was owned by the company I worked for in Boston. Uh, yeah, uh, I get it. You, and you don't want to be a douchebag and be like, "Oh, I'm not okay." Yeah. Oh, I I did it with
1: the drinks, but uh it's too bad he already spent the money. Yeah. mean, I, I I was going through an airport and somebody bought me uh bought me lunch at the bar. And I was like, "Oh, let me get my tab." And the guy's like, "Oh, that guy over there already paid." He says, "Thanks." And I was like, which guy? He goes, that guy. I was like, has he paid? He goes, no. I was like, bring me his check. He's like, I don't know. I was like, bring me his check. He brought me his check and I paid for that guy's lunch and left. He's hmm. like, yeah, look, I get it. You want to thank me for my service and that's great and everything, but I feel weird about somebody else buying me lunch. Hmm. What do you think about, what do you think about
0: thank you for your service?
1: I don't, in all honesty, I know some people love it. I'm indifferent towards it. I don't need it. Um, but I'm always I'm always super thankful when somebody says that for me because it's not it's not for me, it's for them. Mm-hmm. Like when they thank me for my service, it's not like at that point they want the recognition and I don't care about it. So I'm gonna go, oh, thank you so much. Oh, I love hearing that. Oh, great, thank you. No, it's people like you. Yeah, you buddy, just walk away. Like, okay, now they feel good about themselves.
0: Yeah. What do you think about? Uh, we owe them our freedom.
1: Um. No. I. Okay. That. That's a. Uh, that's virtue of signaling in a different direction than normal. Like mm-hmm. that. That. I. I don't like that. It's like, look. Yes, we should respect them. We. They don't need. You know. You don't need to. You don't need to suck them off everywhere we go. Like just. I, I get it. I get it, but I don't use me as your weapon to attack somebody else at that point. Thank me for my service and I'm going to make you feel good. Use me as a weapon, I'm going to tell you to, I'm going to tell you I went to the military to uh to get college money.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, you, you 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 fought for our security. Cuz how do you say that without sounding like a dick? Like, no, they, they didn't fight for our freedom. It's like no. it sounds like a dismissal.
1: It does it's a it's one of those non-winning arguments so unless you really like fighting it's just better not to have the argument but i would you know I, I don't you know you you do come off sounding like a dick like how does a guy go into iraq how is that fighting for our freedom now i gave up 4 years of my life in the belief that i'm defending our freedom that if there is something major coming i'm here but at the same time, I don't like being used as somebody else's weapon for their argument of why we need to expand the government or why you need to shut up and quit being a liberal. Well, because they do, they do never ask you, do they? Not really. It's I it's mean,
0: like, oh, we're fighting them over there so we don't have to fight, fight them over here. Isn't that right, David? Shut up.
1: Like, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, i've I've heard that argument and it makes a little bit of sense, like, if you're going to go ahead and uh, try to jihad yourself so you can get your uh, 72 virgins, which you hope are female, and you hope they're attractive, and you hope that they learn how to do sex well, um, and you want to get to heaven with all that, yeah, I, it, the argument makes a little bit of sense. Like, Are you going to try to sneak into a country and possibly get arrested, or are you just going to strap on a bomb and go blow, blow up a guy down the road? Like, I, I the argument makes a little bit of logical sense, but I don't know. We just w- we've been at war with Oceana, we've always been at war with Oceana. So, and uh, that's, <laughs> that's where what I'm is at. what was your impression of the culture?
0: Because, like, you know, I, I've read some of the books American Sniper, you know, blah blah blah, Savages, blah blah blah, and then I've read yeah. uh, Hearts and Minds, Joker Company, that are more like sympathetic towards. Like, I feel like it's more regional than anything.
1: The... You're talking about what, you know, the culture in the Army? No, your impression of, like, the locals. Oh, the locals? I, I had no interaction with them. None. I, I mean, the closest I ever got to a local was 2,000 feet above their head from a <laughs> camera. Um, or the one time when I was sitting on the flight line in the middle of the night and I'd get a call over the radio hey, we have some special op guys and some Iraqis coming across the flight line. I- I'm sorry, what? And then, like, complete radio silence, and I was like, the the guy who's outside at the launcher, uh, what the hell's going on? Nothing. I was like, that was a weird call, and he was weirdly calm about it, but I'm still going to grab a gun and float around. I grabbed a- I grabbed my M4. Actually, I grabbed my commander's M4 because he gave me an M16 because he wanted my M4, and I'm too short to use an M16. Um, I can use it, it's just uncomfortable. So I grabbed his M4, I loaded the round, and I walked outside, and there's these special ops guys, and they're like, hey, our pilot landed in the wrong spot. And I was like, oh, they're like, what were you going to do? I was like, I heard something about Iraqis running across the flight line. And it's my flight line. I'm the mission commander. I was going to shoot them if I had to. They're like, no, you just need to call someone to get the hell out of here. Later, I found out the special ops guys were doing that on purpose because we had a good-looking female lieutenant who would drive them around, eat lunch with them, and chit-chat with them, which they really liked. So, they would accidentally land on our flight line for that. <laughs> I heard it could be like a swingers club. Probably could be, yeah. Hmm. But you know, army tricks. Mm. Yeah, They're, it's like kind of like girls
0: that bring up that they grew up with brothers.
1: Yeah, it's like I mean, granted, this lieutenant they were talking about was good looking, real fun person. I actually still friends with her to this day. I, she lives up in Denver, and I talk to her every once in a while. Hmm. But she's married with a couple of kids now. But yeah, I mean, it's. I get it when you're when you're in Iraq and it's ninety five percent dudes. A three becomes a nine real quick, and you were forbidden from jerking off too, officially, weren't you? I never heard anything about that.
0: Oh, yeah, the uh, so one of the characters in BesttBeak, like she came, and she's like a comedian, I guess now, yeah, uh, but she talked about there was like a general order number or whatever, which maybe it was just her like unit or something, but yeah, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't jerk
1: off on paper. Never heard that one before. Okay. um there would be a lot there'd be a lot more violence if there was, maybe that's what they were after I don't know yeah I mean people i mean army dudes shirk off twenty four seven all military guys do I think you're young full of testosterone, you're stuck in a shitty area by yourself, and if you have internet access, hey that's where uh gun oil came from there you go. <laughs>
0: Don't ask how I know that. Uh, I, I can't uh, because I came across, <laughs> it's because I came across it at, at, the, at the CBS. <laughs> uh, so David, uh, yes, this is a business podcast for business people, for entrepreneurs, the most insufferable of sorts. Yes. Uh, what is your definition of hard work?
1: I, I've heard I've actually listened to your other uh, episodes. I really like your show, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, if I haven't said that it's very entertaining i'm actually looking forward to more episodes except for this one because i don't want to listen to myself um but hard work i mean the it's just a term people use so for me hard work is uh is more like satisfying challenging work um you know there there's work that you work hard at and then there's hard like i'm working on a project now that I don't consider hard work, but I'm doing a lot of hard work on it, but I hate it. Mm. (laughs) At the end of the day, when I'm done with it, I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm just going to be happy it's fucking done. For me, hard work is like, I did something, it was more difficult than I expected it to be, and I overcame the challenge, and I got it done. Hmm. Satisfying, hard, tangible,
0: what you would say.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you, If, if all you're doing is stamping paperwork all day, you're probably not working hard, even though you think you are, Mm. but if you're creating something like, I don't know, just for example, designing medical devices and you design one, you do it. What's that? Like skulls. You made skulls, right? I make implants for skulls. Yeah. And different, like, uh, you know, I'm sure you heard on TDS about his, uh, his face surgery. And the second he said that, I was like, it sounds like he got a Laforte two movement with advancement and probably has some 0.6 or one Oh millimeter plates in his face. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's like, I recognize the surgery he was talking about on the episode. Um, yeah. So for me, hard work is just, just no, like at the end of the day going, I did something really good and I feel good about it. Hmm. Yeah. Very positive definition. I try to be a positive person. Yeah. So many black pills these days. It's
0: excessive, excessive black pills. It makes you question it.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone who's Nasa is all the time, like right now in the middle of the quarantine, people who are like, oh, it's good, things are opening back up and numbers are going down. And then there's gotta be that one person who goes, it's too soon. It's like, okay, man, in your mind, it's always gonna be too soon. Like, you just wanna be mad about it. So you just are gonna be mad about it. For me, I go, "Hey, you know that's a good thing. Things are opening up. Hopefully that means we can get back to a uh, fucking normal, and I cannot be locked in my house with my wife and my two kids all fucking day. I mean, I love them. got <laughs> you got a
0: little,
1: little baby. So it' got to be fun.: Yeah, that's, that's the only nightmare situation about this whole thing is we have a uh, 10-week-old child now. So we basically had a two to eight week old child through this whole fucking thing, or two to 10 week old child throughout this whole thing. So it's like, oh, good. I'm around that all the time. You had a kid in your thirties, man. That's so
0: crazy. I had two kids in my thirties. Oh my God. That's so crazy. (laughs) I'm so fucking sick of that too. Why is that? Why is what? Like the, the amazement at having kids in your thirties, it seems like these days. I don't know. I was born to both my parents in their 30s. Same. Like Yeah, it, it's like there's a weird like I think it's I think it's like people like Molyneux that like talk about eggs.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, you know what? That's fine. You know, not to air any laundry, but my wife had issues as well, but it wasn't because of eggs. It was because she actually has a she has a de- genetic thing that she, basically, they say the doctor was amazed she got pregnant one time, hmm. and then he's like, "Wait, you have two kids?" And she's like, "Yeah." Like, how? She's like, "I don't know." Like, do do you want me to describe it to you? Like, yes, please. He's, <laughs> yeah, please slowly. I'm gonna put on some music and pour a glass of wine. Like, no, uh, but what's it, that it, smell? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's just like, I, I, most people can, most women can have kids until they're probably in their mid-40s with a relative amount of ease, and guys should probably be fertile for their entire fucking life.
0: It, it has nothing to do with the army, but like, that's,
1: it's odd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's odd that I got married kind of young and didn't have kids for almost 10 years of marriage. Actually, yeah, about 10 years of marriage yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you how long did you uh know her before you married? Oh, we were we were dating for three, four years huh. before we got married. We dated for four years before we got married. She was with me pretty much the whole time through the army. And uh it was just kinda like We looked at it and we weren't even thinking about marriage until like she was talking about money for college and everything. But she was in college and I was like, Well, I can help you out with some cash. And then I think I mentioned something about if we were married, you'd get, you know, we get all this other money, and then we started having this conversation about it. And all of a sudden it was like, Why don't we get married? And then you can have money for college and like life will be easier and the time we've been together, we, we had already kind of decided that we were probably going to be together for a long time. It's just kind of like, yeah, let's throw something together, get married. And that's what we did. And uh, it's lasted almost 15 years now. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. You know, we'll see what tomorrow's like. I mean, yeah. you can milk, milk that army, cred. Yeah. Baby, I fought for your freedom. <laughs> 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 then she can look at me and do the, do the opposite thing that people do. Well, I had the hardest job. I was an army wife. Yep. <laughs> does your does your wife do that? She does it completely to be a complete sarcastic bitch. And I love it. I love that's it. That's why we're, that's why we're together. She, she told me a story like after we deployed all like the, the uh, wives and like long-term girlfriends were getting together. And like, she's like, the commander's wife is like, Well, I'm kind of in charge here. I'm the commander's wife. And my wife's oh. like, Why does that make why does that make you in charge? She's like, Well, my husband's got the highest rank. And my wife's like, That doesn't mean shit to me. Like, she was never a tip, she was never a military wife because she never lived on base and had to live around them. But apparently that is a thing. Like military wives, like play by rank. Well, my husband's a colonel. Well, my husband's <sighs> a da-da-da-da my husband's in this job it's like i could i could see my wife in that situation being like i don't fucking care i i'm an actuary i don't know what you guys are but that's what i am like
0: (laughs) and if you are both in the military would that be like a paradoxical loop where you just every day every moment just gets harder and harder
1: Oh, because you're a military wife and a soldier. Yeah, it just feeds oh, like,
0: on each other like the potion thing in Skyrim.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just assume that they just kind of collapse in on themselves and become a dense star, like a like a collapsing dying star, like a,
0: just a a quasar of martyrdom.
1: Oh yeah, I know. It's gotta it's gotta be rough. Those are the people I feel worse for, hmm. like having like how do I pull rank here? Do I pull the veteran? Or the military wife rank, oh man, which one am I going to pull and a mom oh, and a mom, oh God, they don't make a license plate long enough for what i ha- what I was and what i am it's It's got to <laughs> be at least twenty characters yeah, uh that is one that is one good thing about my wife and I is we're not into the identity thing, it's you know the amount of times that I've said, "Oh well, I'm a veteran or I'm a this or I'm a that is. Almost zero. Like, like I said, Lowe's is about the only place I use a military discount, and that's because I like tools and I buy a lot of them. And getting them for ten percent off, I I would do anything to get that ten percent off because I spend so fucking much at Lowe's. Like, if they're like, "Hey, you take the manager in the back and give him a little handy," you we'll give you ten percent off. I'd be like, "Hmm, maybe." Can I wish I they fifteen. <laughs> yeah. I wish they had machetes
0: at Lowe's. I can't find I, a machete. Machete? Oh, machete. Yeah. They don't have them. Got oh. a lot of thorns and stuff in the backyard. I I, I want to chop them up. Know. I've been using a like a like clippers, but
1: like head yeah hedge clippers, but
0: that's huh. It's that's, o- weird. that's
1: awkward. I just want to be able yeah. to hack through them. That's weird. I guess I've never looked for one there. Huh.
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> and on that note. This has been What Do, I've been Tom McCoy. David, thank you. No problem. We'll see you, NT.